0: to always be watching. This is our brand new podcast. It's myself, Dan Barrett, and I'm joined here by Chris Yates.
1: Hi, Dan. Hi, Chris. How are you? Look, I'm well. It's great to be back in the podcast chair with you after all these years.
0: Look, that's an interesting point because this is not our first podcast rodeo together.
1: No, it was a uh, very long time ago, back in the early days of the 1950s. No, it wasn't quite that long ago, but it was considerable.
0: Yeah, I remember both of us back then wore both ties... Uh, we were concerned about the communist threat It was a big worry Now
1: mm. we, we, we look forward to the communist threat Anyway,
0: Yeah very much so uh, But back then we were doing a podcast about TV And because it was the 1950s It was lots of talk about the Milton Berle
1: show A bit of Lucy I was a big fan of Lucy You not so much as I recall
0: uh, Look I mean here's the thing I have problems with the redheads who are depicted on black and white TV screens
1: Yeah it does make things confusing
0: Just to put it out there Don't mind redheads in real life No, just in black and white. Just in black and white.
1: Yeah. And that's a fair observation to make. Mm. Um, In reality, it was about, it was almost, what did we work out? 15 years or something. Yeah. We did a podcast. We were podcast pioneers in this country.
0: Absolute podcast pioneers. Uh, We did a, I'm going to say it was like maybe 2006, 2005. (laughs) I think, yeah, somewhere around there for sure.
1: Yeah. And um, I stuck around for the first few episodes. It had a different name back then.
0: Uh, I was well. It's televised revolution podcast. Televised revolution. That's right. This is an entirely different
1: podcast. This is different. Yes, yeah. it's um, going to be content wise <laughs> very different too.
0: Well, back then we used to talk about TV industry stories, and we were excited about this thing called free to wear television. Do you
1: remember that? I do. It was kind. It was kind of. We just used to call it television. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the box. It was, um, came through the air somehow. There was some magic way where it came through the yeah, yeah. the sky.
0: We don't know how it happened. We didn't care how it happened. No,
1: nobody cared. Yeah, just give us our stories. Yeah, and um, there was a lot to talk about back then, I guess, because the television industry was strong in this country, um, as it had been for a good 30 years or whatever.
0: Yeah, but from then to now, it's a fractured viewing where people don't really watch the same things en masse anymore. We don't have a monoculture.
1: No, we have many, many different cultures. We have... Three and a half million TV shows, I think, on, on television on any given week.
0: And that's just... Yeah, that's this week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's uh, hard to keep up, but I'm looking forward to, um, you know, indulging our conversational habits into talking about the way things are now.
0: That's right. So the way this podcast will work is that each week, myself and Chris will come with two different shows each. And we're not necessarily just doing shows either. Sometimes there'll be movies we discuss, sometimes video games, anything we're really watching on screens.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of was born out of the fact that we were spending a bit of time. Uh, this is basically how Dan and I catch up. We, have, we get together after work. We have a few um, uh, beers, maybe, something yeah. like that. Talk about uh, the things that we've been watching. Yeah, I have a couple of lemonades. Lemonades, peach iced teas. Yeah. And um, yes, discuss what we're watching. We're like, I'm sure this would be completely thrilling for other people to hear. So here we are.
0: Well, that's kind of it. So we've got this long friendship where every conversation we have is primarily about TV and the conversation will come up and it usually starts in the exact same way, which is, hey, Dan or Chris, depending who's phrasing it, (laughs) what have you been watching? So Chris, let's kick this off as we will be on the
1: podcast. What have you been watching? Well, it's funny you should ask, um, since that's exactly what we're here to do: is talk about what we've been watching, and what I have been watching is, of course, one of the great uh, men of television, uh, one of the great humans of television, one of one of the great humans of all time, really, who just happens to be on television. Uh, The one and only Alan Partridge is back on our screens. The humble art of hand washing. We all know we should do it. We all know the nursery rhyme. After the pee or poo has landed, do make sure that you're clean-handed. After the pee or poo has landed, do make
0: sure that you're clean-handed. Why are clean hands important? I knew exactly you were going to talk about Alan Partridge this week. <laughs>
1: so, uh, I have to ask you, have you have you watched any of the new um, It's Time with Alan Partridge?
0: Look, haven't seen it yet. My plan is tonight, once this podcast is finished, I'm going to watch it. Uh, my understanding is that at the end of this series Alan Partridge uh, like because what's the new series spoiler called? spoiler alert it's called This Day with Alan I Partridge I haven't
1: read this particular article
0: no no it's it's fine it's, okay, it's not right. going to destroy things for you but he's doing it just as a one-off series but he's got plans for Alan Partridge next year as well
1: oh yes I so it'll be a different this. format yeah I read there was going to be some kind of new show that they haven't well uh, yes yeah, some kind of new Alan Partridge something that they haven't quite talked about yet
0: yeah so I don't think that's a spoiler
1: <sighs> it was close though I get worried it's going to be okay um so, yeah, fantastic to see Alan back on the TV. Um, very similar to his original series, Knowing Me, Knowing You, following on from his excellent radio work.
0: Now, as we were saying, like, I've known you for, you know, a good 15-odd years. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Actually, maybe even longer than 15. <laughs> well, let's not think about it. But for pretty much all that time, you've been telling me to watch Alan Partridge.
1: It's pretty much the only thing I ever say to you. It's the start of every conversation, at least, yeah. Yeah, what you been watching, has it been Alan Partridge? yeah.
0: I only started watching Alan Partridge related fare. When did Alpha Papa come out? Yeah, what
1: like two years ago or something? No, longer Three than that. years ago? No, yes. no longer because I was longer. still living
0: in Brisbane and I've been here for oh. like four years now in Sydney. So there you go. Well, I, yeah, it's, it's been a
1: I, while. I went and saw it at the Dendy in Sydney, so it was within six to four years ago. <laughs> um, that's right. Alan was back on. Alan was on the big screen. It's 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 funny because it's his return to television, but it doesn't really feel like he's ever been away because he's such a um, well because he hasn't really like every few years he pops up but um because he hasn't been in this live tv bbc kind of format
0: so what is the format for the new one
1: uh so it's some kind of like I'm um, i'm sure it's probably modeled on an actual bbc show that i don't know what it is some terrible kind of morning horrible show yeah um, with an old man and a younger woman um you know trading barbs interviewing people that have done significant or you know boring things um and Alan is replacing the regular host who has taken ill and um so, so he 's got many opportunities to make uh, a fool of himself in that in that uh scenario of course it's it 's been a while since he's been on the b b c and on live television or despite his radio shows so he 's a bit um he's a bit sketchy. He's a bit, uh, he's a bit nervous and awkward to get going, which just makes it better. Um, Kind of feels like this podcast, exactly. Pretty much exactly like this. And uh, yes, uh, viewers of the Alpha Papa movie or the uh, Mid-Morning Matters will see some um, familiar characters who have been introduced recently. And then there's also some familiar faces from very old Alan Partridge as well. Now,
0: am I wrong in thinking that the show, it's not just like, uh, what was the one where he was actually hosting the TV show?
1: Knowing Me, Knowing You. Knowing Me,
0: Knowing You, where that was just the show as it went to where. But this is more like Larry Sanders, where it's behind the scenes mixed in with what you're seeing on air.
1: Yeah, sort of. It has a little bit behind the scenes, but even that's very um, sort of clinical. That's It's literally only when they throw to a package. So instead of seeing the package, that'll be in the background, or you might see a little bit of it. Yeah, gotcha. But then otherwise, it's the, just the, the awkward conversations, at least in the first episode, which is all I've seen at this stage.
0: Now, you're a big fan. Does this hold up?
1: Absolutely. Well, it's hard to, it's hard to be uh, too, what's the word? It's hard to be too analytical of it because I'm just in such ridiculous bliss reveling in his character uh, at this point. But yes, it certainly seems to.
0: Is it also a bit hard where when you've been a fan of something for so long and you've rewatched so many episodes, <laughs> you're watching New Alan Partridge where you don't know the jokes and rhythms
1: before they happen? Yes, that's definitely true. Uh, yeah, that definitely does make it a bit more interesting. It's just kind of... You just sort of watch it slack-jawed and um, wait for it to finish to watch it again and again and hopefully then it will um, <laughs> start to become part of the whole thing. Well, it's funny. Like I haven't watched the movie much. The movie was 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 cool, but it had its fault um being that it was a movie and it had to <laughs> adhere to the rules of movies um mid-morning matters I've, I've watched many times so i'm sure i will revisit this over and over again and
0: it's always weird the way that tv can break format and formula so easily and yeah movies really there is this weird adherence they need to stick to
1: it's always something that frustrates me it's it's kind of like even especially watching that where it was like you know, all oh, right. Here's the movie. So, oh yeah, the movie's kicking in now. The yeah. story's kicking in. There's well, it's a three act. It's a three act structure. Yeah, something's got to yeah. happen. Why can't nothing happen for a while? Um, But yes, anyway, so that's what I've been watching primarily this week And how are you watching this? Well, people will have to wait uh, for it to be I don't know, I have no idea how it's going to be coming out in Australia I don't think there's been any mention of that yet
0: But it's just played on the BBC in So it's on the
1: BBC, so yes, if if one has access to the BBC That would be how they would watch it Indeed Dan, at this point I'd like to ask you (laughs) What have you been watching?
0: (laughs) Oh, Chris, never thought you'd ask I've been watching this movie called Paddleton Pendleton. Are, um, are you across this at all? Not at all. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with the gentleman by the name of Ray Romano?
1: <laughs> yes, I'm, I am of that generation.
0: <laughs> now here's the thing. He's a polarizing character. Yes. yeah, he had that sitcom that was very popular for a while. He's a he's a very specific uh, presence on that show.
1: Yes. He's the central, cu- he's the central, you know, the crux of everything, which I think was, yeah. you know, did the show a disservice.
0: And I feel after a while people just got tired of it. I think like he was, he's a funny guy. Obviously, I think he's a funny guy. So I'm actually a huge Ray Romano fan. Right. I didn't like that show so much, but I really liked his stand-up comedy. Like I haven't heard it in a long while. So I remember watching Dr. Cat's Professional Therapist. If you remember that show from yes, the mid nineties, Squiggle Vision, Squiggle Vision animated show with a therapist who had stand-up comedians lying on his couch. And it was an opportunity for them to do their stand-up bits with, like, some animated, you know, sequences showing what these, you know, stories are.
1: Many of whom became much more famous comedians following this show.
0: Oh, look, absolutely. If you watch it, it's very much a who's who of comedy. The HBO comedy Crushing recently had an episode where they were in a comedy club and Emo Phillips came walking in. Now, Emo Phillips is a guy that I haven't heard of doing stand-up comedy for, you know a decade or, <laughs> yeah, or right. more now. But in the 90s, he was huge and he was very influential to the current sort of crop of comedians of whom grew up watching him. Yeah, Much right. the same way as sort of I did because most of the big comedians now are roughly like my age and like maybe five, ten years older. Yeah, But yeah, so they came up with Emo Phillips as like one of their guys and so he's brought in his character reverence. I only know him because he's Dr. Cat's professional therapist. There you go. It was like, it was the who's who of comedy. Yes,
1: it really was. Yeah. Was excellent.
0: So Ray Romano used to be a regular on that but he's in this new film called Paddleton, And it's not him doing comedy, but rather like a few of the most recent Ray Romano joints, uh, it's been him doing serious stuff. So it's him with Mark Duplass, who people would know from all those Duplass Brothers movies. Uh, He was in The League. Yes. Um, He was in The Mindy Project.
1: He's funny, right?
0: Yeah. He's a funny guy. I think he's fairly charming. But he's also really big into like just small, like lo-fi indie films. Mm. Yeah. Which I like about him. Uh, But it's the two of them doing a film which is mostly improvised. They had an outline they were working to. It's about these two guys of whom have very little going on in their lives. They're middle-aged, life hasn't really panned out for them. But they've got this friendship. So they live in this really terrible apartment building. Ray Romano's on the ground floor, um, Mark DePlace's character's on the top floor. And the two of them just meet up every night. They watch kung fu movies together, they get terrible food. uh, They just enjoy each other's company. However, tragedy strikes, Mark DePlace's character comes down with cancer. Ah. He's only got a Ah. short period of time to live.
1: (laughs) Of course. Of course he does.
0: Yeah, but he's decided he wants to, like, end his life before the disease takes over his body. Yeah, right. Well, that's just
1: a very timely... I mean, it's always a very big conversation, I guess. Yeah. The right for people to take their own life at this point. Yeah, so it's
0: it's a light comedy drama about assisted suicide. So I'm thinking, before it gets bad,
1: I want to... End it. I don't want to change things, you know? I want to make some pizzas. I want to play some Paddleton. They got a whole process that they give you the pills you can take, but I don't want to do it alone. And I was hoping you'd help me out. Well, this is an interesting... Yeah, which I think is very... It's a very interesting idea to explore, obviously, you know? Yeah,
0: but it's, it's really good. Like, I went into it expecting to find a few moments where I was like, yeah, okay, this is kind of nice, but... The whole thing, like it's a really engaging film. Like the characters are, like we've kind of seen versions of that character. Like I think about like maybe like Paul Giamatti and American Splendor oh, and yeah, like yeah, sure. his sort of cohort of characters that sort of hang around with. That like, those kind of guys, okay, but we don't really see them on screen that often mm. because TV particularly doesn't really deal with the tra- like unattractive people,
1: yeah, and, very often. And like maybe t- tragedy in that sense as well. Obviously, there's a lot yeah. of tragedy, but that kind of thing is setting up sort of what I imagine is 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 life-affirming despite it's um
0: i mean it's not even life-affirming it's it's a bit weird where you really are dwelling with like the end of a friendship and yeah sure that's what i like about it. it's a hard subject to really discuss and to want to throw yourself into a movie with but it, despite the fact that it's a really difficult subject matter the two of them make a, a very sort of light breezy journey through some very sad terrain And what you're really watching, and you realize this about two-thirds of the way through, it's not even about, like, Mark DePlaza's character choosing to end his own life, but really it's about the idea of a friendship where it's such a strong friendship that someone's willing to go through and help the other one end their life. Oh, yeah, sure. But he's going to be left alone straight afterwards. Yes, and, like, it's about this sort of inevitable conclusion where you know what this is heading to, and you know that it's going to be desperately sad.
1: So, where did you watch this film?
0: Uh, so, this is a Netflix ah, yes, original. Oh yes. You said that, yeah. didn't you?
1: That's it's interesting. Netflix seems to be doing a little bit more of these sort of mid-budget story-based films that aren't your blockbuster thing, right?
0: Yeah. Well, they've got to deal with Mark DePlace to produce a whole bunch of films. So, ah. I feel like this might be his first one through Netflix. But, yeah, so... I do recommend check it out. It's not an easy watch, but it's an easier watch than you think it will be when you first start watching it.
1: Sounds good. All the Ray Romano fans are <laughs> lining up to check that one out based on that. But Romano does some really good work these days. I believe you. I'm just being a jerk.
0: Yeah. He was in vinyl, the Scorsese HBO show. Oh, yeah, of course. One yeah. Season Wonder. But, like, the best thing about it was Ray Romano in an unrecognizable role. Yeah. Like, he's seriously
1: good. And obviously... Um, you know, Dave Letterman had his back right at the beginning with the show. Yeah, even, yeah. Even that show was on worldwide Pants, right? He was a big Letterman. He was a big Letterman guest, wasn't he?
0: Absolutely. All right. Anyway, Chris, I believe it's time for me to ask, what have you been watching?
1: Well, the other thing I've been watching is a, um, I only caught the first episode of the new Australian soap slash drama, The Heights, from the ABC. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, You seem surprised that I might watch something of this caliber. No,
0: it's one of these shows where I've been planning to give it a look because it sounds interesting. I haven't seen uh, free-to-air TV really handle like a regular ongoing soap that's new for a while.
1: It seems like forever really. Like I was a big fan of I I'm I'm a soap fan, but I've definitely uh, like lost. obviously we have got our neighbors on home and away, but this is yeah, new. Yeah, and, and I and yeah. I don't know anybody who I mean, I do know one person who still watches who still watches neighbors, but you know, and I and I gave it a good shot for a decade or so there. So what's the premise with their Heights? The Heights is basically set around a community um a lower socioeconomic community than your regular soap, I would say, in Perth, I think, around a basically around like a housing commission tower. Because um, it kind of
0: looks a bit like the Redfern Towers here in Sydney.
1: Yes, that's right, that kind yeah. of thing, you know, and um, like some very similar towers in Melbourne as well. It's uh, I, I just I just thought it was really well done. I think it straddles the line between soap and sort of a serious drama quite well. There's some amazing performances. It's really it's it's not exploiting the. the the poor people and the people of color that are in the show which is you know which is always a bit of a danger in some of these programs where it's um, done in a tokenistic way but I really feel like the diversity of the cast has really actually created something that's a lot more uh, similar to definitely my experiences of living in the city and um, you know work I work in Redfern a fair bit at the moment so it really does remind me of that kind of thing I mean the, the the sort of scenarios are very similar to what you might expect in a normal soap such as a hospital and and the the the, to- the tower and the local store and that kind of thing but um yeah i just think i think that it's done a, a really great job of doing what it's doing and um, there's some bits of there's some fantastic performances in it uh, I want to say Rose Hammond. Is that the right? Is that her
0: yeah, name? yeah. I usually seen like doing comedy stuff on like the McHale yeah, shows. Yeah,
1: like one of the McHale queens. She's doing a serious role. Fantastic. I would never have expected that. And um, Marcus Graham, the one of oh, the original yeah. um, heartthrob of the soaps. Was well, um, East Street's Wills. That's right. Yes, and you know he's the dad of teenagers now, which is I guess a maybe maybe even a little nod to that. But he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. So I've only seen the one episode. Had a great, a great start. A great little, very soapy plot with a a baby being abandoned and having to be saved and taken to the hospital, which was uh, a great way to introduce a bunch of characters. I think another character. There's a, a pub. Seems to be another, you know, set and um. I think maybe the publican had passed away. I think, and everyone was gathering for the for the funeral in the wake. So you know, really kind of interesting start. Really, I think it's going to have a lot of promise, and I really hope it sticks around. I've got no idea how many they've made or how, how long it's booked in for, but yes, good stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm really keen to give it a look.
1: Well worth you, well worth your time.
0: And where did you watch this? It was on the ABC. It was on
1: ABC. Yeah, I actually caught it on the um. I caught it. I caught it live. <laughs> On broadcast I actually caught it on broadcast If you can believe that I don't even know how it happened I can't tell I you. cannot believe that It's hard to believe But yeah. yeah I'm sure it's on the Oh maybe maybe even There's more episodes on the iView it, It's stuff.
0: all on iView So you oh, can actually wow. I think watch the entire first season On iView Wow that's iView. great
1: yeah. Well, yeah Which I will probably do Yeah uh, And <laughs>
0: Come on, Chris. Get like, the line out there. I, I,
1: I do it. Hey, uh, just pre- just I was just sitting here thinking about Dan. I don't know uh, what you've <laughs> been watching. It's like, Dan, what, what have you been watching?
0: It's almost like you don't respect the format of this podcast at all.
1: I'm sorry. I'll take it a lot more seriously. In
0: <laughs> uh, so I've been watching this show called Baptiste. She's my niece. I just want to know she's okay. Have
1: you seen her? This is not over. This thing's daytime.
0: I'm Julien Baptiste. I'm someone who can help find who you're looking for. So there was a TV show called The Missing, and this was a uh, British... Uh, it's kind of like a Scandi Noir-style drama, although oh, Scandi uh, Noir is kind of really just like the British
1: police drama. It's anyway. the Scandi version <laughs> of the British police drama, but, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. but it does have a specific vibe to it. Yeah, but yeah.
0: It, it was a British show. Uh, the Missing, it starred uh, this guy of whom... Uh, his name, The character's name is Julian Baptiste, and through both seasons of that show, he went and solved a mystery about a missing person. Oh, right. The thing is, the name The Missing, like, it doesn't matter how good that show is. It just sounds like it's such a generic show, and I kind of feel like I can get by with my TV viewing without including The Missing in my day-to-day. Yeah,
1: it doesn't speak to me, really. Yeah, it's just
0: a bad name. But they've done a rebrand on it, and so they're bringing it back as Baptiste. With the You know, you got all these British shows with a detective of whom usually you follow by, and it's like their name is the
1: show. That's right. That's how you do it. Do yeah. it right, people. Well, that's cool.
0: So I'm, I was thinking, Baptiste, what's this about? And I got excited about it in a way. I never did The Missing. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: It, is it exactly the same
0: show other than the name? It's pretty much the same show. Wow, cool. So the character is now in Amsterdam. He's gone to visit his daughter and her partner, could be husband. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. The new parents
1: new parents poor yeah. things
0: yeah well this is i understand <laughs> um so because they are new parents they just needed a bit of help so uh julian baptiste and his wife rocked up and was looking after them anyway it seems like it's towards the end of their stay when he gets a call from an ex girlfriend of his uh who's now like the chief of police you oh. know, that's how these things work mm. uh, meets, i can
1: think i can see where this is going
0: meets her in a coffee shop she's all <laughs> like you know it's good to see you but you know what we could really use your help Yeah. Now, he's no longer working as a detective. And because I haven't really watched The Missing before, I don't understand the pretense of the way that his life has gone and really what stage of life he's in. Sure. But the way he sort of framed it at the beginning of Baptiste is that he's gotten older. He doesn't quite have his skills to the level as they once were. He just recognizes he's slowing down. Yeah. And I think that's probably an interesting place to start your detective series. But while I was drawn to a show called Baptiste... What really drew me to it was the fact Tom Hollander, is in it? Ah, Do you know Tom Hollander? Yes, I'm aware of Tom Hollander. Played the Prime Minister in pretty much every TV show in the last few years. Uh, But he's one of these actors of whom every time he's in a role, he always brings something really quite different to it. And you can never quite work out what sort of performance you're going to get from him. I love him from this comedy show called Rev, which I think people should check out. Mm. It was him and Olivia Colman, Academy Award winner, Mm -hmm. Olivia Colman. And it's he's a reverend in a inner city um, area. Um, His Olivia Coleman's the wife, and so it's about him having all these crises of faith uh, yeah. as he deals with like just an area in absolute decline, uh, a congregation which is declining in numbers every week, and it's about him coming to terms with you know what it means to be a man of faith in a town like that. Mm. Anyway, really cool show. Uh, in Baptiste, he's playing quite a different character. He's the uncle of a, um, like, nineteen twenty something girl. Uh, She's been living with him for the last few years since her parents had died. And she's in Amsterdam now, and she's gone missing. She's been working as some sort of a sex worker. Uh, I don't think they really clarify exactly what's going on. But Baptiste and this guy are now teaming up to comb the streets to find out, you know, what's happened to this missing girl.
1: Sounds... Very familiar to a million other shows, but I can, but of course those things say we done well. And see that
0: familiarity is what gets me with the show in that you watch these things and really good performances. They've usually got a few cast members of will just like knock your socks off. Production value is always like remarkably good. Mm. But every time you sit there and watch it, it's like, I know exactly what's going on. I know the beats this is going (laughs) to hit. And yet still it's really just enjoyable candy to watch. It's
1: comforting sometimes as well, having that familiarity, isn't it?
0: Extremely. Yeah, so anyway baptiste it's just launched in the uk bbc production i'm uh, sure it'll be in australia on bbc first in a few months time and it'll be in the us i'm sure sooner than later great yeah but anyway i think they may be like three episodes in at this point
1: but yeah worth a look wow excellent still quite new then mm. it's fresh it is fresh excellent i love some fresh detective noir
0: yeah you've had two shows i've had two shows that means this podcast is over buddy time to get out of here it really is Anyway, for a first podcast, I feel comfortable about what we've done here. I think it's pretty good.
1: I had a thought, Dan. One of the things <laughs> yes, sir. How spontaneous? I just had this incredible idea. How about we ask the people what they're watching?
0: Great idea to kick off this podcast. Excellent. I'm amazed that you just came up with that. That's, that's what I do. Each week, we are going to ask a question, and we want people to get involved with, you know, this here podcast, this enterprise. That's right. So we're going to ask the question of podcasts, but also you can find us in our Facebook group, which you can find as the Always Be Watching community on Facebook, and we're going to pose the question every week. And this week, we're going to ask, what have you been watching? So what have you started off your 2019 with?
1: We're already cooking. We're already, what are we, nearly three months into it or something like that? There's stuff happening. There's good stuff happening on TV. Tell us. Disagree with us. That'd be even better.
0: Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, we're ready for you.
1: (laughs) Anyway, Chris, it has been a pleasure. Absolutely, Dan. Thanks very much for inviting me.
0: Yeah. If people want to engage with the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at abwatching uh also as i said we're on facebook there's a community there there's also a fan page where we'll be posting the podcasts and other stuff we do a daily newsletter it's called the always be watching newsletter the branding it's so consistent i know
1: there's (laughs) a lot going on
0: you can't lose it but anyway that newsletter comes out six days a week it's ridiculous yeah and i'm getting in the habit of posting that's the facebook page
1: excellent that's a good idea yeah i
0: figure people should actually start subscribing to this thing
1: (laughs) people will read it now
0: no there's a healthy readership anyway This has been Always Be Watching, Episode 1. We'll be back next week with the second episode. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Chris.